0: Anybody in the right mind would listen to anything a lunatic like that has to say on any topic. I
1: found it a little hard to understand what what did uh, she say?
0: That was an angry Seattle Black Lives Matter protester screeching at all the white people to give back their homes and, and leave the neighborhood, give their homes to black people. So did that neighborhood used to
1: be primarily black? And...
0: Or, or there were more black people and as property values hmm. have risen, blah, 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 gentrification, yada, yada, yada. We used to call that economic development, by the way, and governments would pour tremendous amounts of money into areas to make them more livable. And then more people, follow me now, more people would want to live there when they were livable. Yeah, I can't. Anyway, white people give up your homes. Some of
1: that stuff is so fanciful like that one where I just, I I, I can hardly react to it. I suppose I should. I mean, that's a pretty extraordinary thing to say. I just think it's so fantastic.
0: I mean, it's just so crazy. Right. Right. Yeah, it absolutely is. So where to begin the demographic uh, employment real estate plunge of... Uh, american cities and there are several that are, are are particularly hard hit san francisco is soon to be gone i think it'll just go back to being an island in the middle of the bay <laughs> <laughs> and you, you, you'll have uh you know indians and hippies uh, hanging around but it'll be uh, it'll look like post-earthquake in 1906 um and we can talk about that a little bit more in a couple of minutes but uh, there is also a hell of a lot still of violence and lawlessness and looting in, in a number of American cities. You know, all of them not coincidentally run by the bluest of blue politicians uh, who've run this experiment in uh, acquiescing to the violent and lawless and hoping they'll calm down. But you have Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, for instance, and y- you can't comprehend how far left she is, Okay. She has had enough. I don't know if the money people in the city have spoken to her or what, but um, she was on Face the Nation talking about the, the lawlessness in Chicago. And I tell you what, she came off sounding like a Republican. John, can we do clip 40, please?
2: But we are absolutely not going to tolerate people who come to these protests looking for a fight and are intending to injure our police officers and injure innocent people who just come to be able to express uh, their First Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. That is a very different thing that happened yesterday than, unfortunately, uh, what happened in the looting last Sunday night, which absolutely was a planned attack. It's not spontaneous when you bring U-Haul trucks, cargo vans, and high-end robbery tools.
0: Wow. She makes Ted Wheeler, well, Ted Wheeler makes Lori Lightfoot sound like Ronald Reagan. That's unbelievable. Wow, standing up for her cops? Do you hear that, West Coast? And saying, no, organized crime is not protesting. Great. Scott, ladies and gentlemen, our, our next Republican governor of Illinois, Lori Lightfoot. Unbelievable. Uh, let's uh, Let's hear 41
2: what we're working with our federal partners uh, to identify exactly who the ringleaders are we obviously made a hundred plus arrests that night we're actively pursuing uh cases against others but we are determined to make sure that we get to the bottom of this and bring those responsible for this organized crime effort to justice
0: (sighs) knock me down with a feather hey jenny durkin seattle you hear that that's what a mayor sounds like unreal
1: so I'm going through Andy No's Twitter feed from last night uh, in uh, Portland. And he's also got video from Seattle. Uh, Officers sustained burns last night at the Antifa riot in Seattle. Like Portland, the militants there buy and use large commercial-grade fireworks explosives of weapons late
0: at night, and the video How are they was, not mass arrests? I don't know. They're I mean, hurling just, explosives at peace officers and, he's and got, trying to blind them with lasers.
1: The fact that this goes on night after night after night after night is just amazing.
0: I know. Portland has a disease. It has a mental illness.
1: And, and Seattle. Mm-hmm. Simultaneously in Seattle last night, what was going on in Portland, a large mob of Antifa black block rioted by attacking SPD... Uh, Seattle Police Department with explosives and rocks. An officer was hospitalized for his injuries here. They tried to block police from responding by moving junk in the road. I'm looking at the video. It's all the people in black and uh, you know the masks and everything like that grabbing construction equipment and that sort of stuff, throwing it in the road. Oh, there's all the lasers that you can see, all the lasers being um, flashed around to try to keep the cops back. It's
2: crazy.
0: It really is. It's, it's, it's insane. It's an experiment that... I never thought I would see an experiment with permitting violent lawlessness. We've had violent lawlessness before in this country, of course, but it was always uh, rather restricted geographically. And a lot of the stuff is still um, in those cities. But the amount of time it was put up with has never been anywhere near Well, and
1: the response to it. It's just not a news story. You can't find this. You have to search it out. It's very hard to find. Maybe part of that is the just lack of news organizations that exist
0: in modern times. I don't know what it is, but the fact that it's not a story. It's extremely uncomfortable for the progressives of the media to report on it. It's their people. Granted, the extreme wing of their people, but it's their people doing the violence, and it puts a lie to the narrative that was so popular there for a while that the only reason there's violence in Portland is that the, the, the federal stormtroopers were there, even though it went on for 51 days before they got there and continued unabated, practically, from the moment they left. There's an article in the Wall Street Journal I remember seeing, and I found it again, about the, uh, the coming urban exodus, and they name-check uh, New York, L.A., San Francisco, Washington, um, uh, and this was before the vid really took hold, Um, but then I was scanning around for news over the weekend, Um, let's see, it's the Daily Mail, Hollywood's apocalypse now, rich and famous are fleeing in droves, as as they put it, liberal politics and coronavirus turn City of Dreams into cesspit, plagued by junkies and violent criminals. And they name check a, a ton of really valuable real estate that's being sold now at 80, 75, 60% of what it was bought for two, three years ago. Then, this from the San Francisco Chironicle. And the Chronicle is a, is a super lefty newspaper and has been extremely hesitant to admit. That the politics and policies of that city are doing it terrible damage. I mean, it's so obvious at this point. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine. I won't won't tell you who he is because I didn't ask him. But he has been doing business in San Francisco for a couple of decades now. And he was in a part of the city. I generally don't go. And he said, Joe, it is so much worse than a year ago. I mean, way worse. Junkies everywhere. And because of the vid only junkies it is a it's a post-apocalyptic wasteland in certain parts of, of the city of San Francisco and I came across this article in the uh, the Chronicle about um, real estate real estate for sale homes for sale in San Francisco are up 96 percent year on year year over year the number of homes for sale has doubled in the last year, and quoting the Chronicle now, a piece by Andrew Chamings, as empty homes in the city flood the market like nowhere else in America. Wow. Yeah. And he mentions a couple of unprecedented factors, the astronomical cost of owning a house um, since the second tech boom had to break at some point, he says. Well, that's not necessarily true. Sounds like it has. And the coronavirus seems to be the straw that broke the camel's back. The pandemic led to check tech giants like Google, Facebook, Twitter, rethinking what works, uh, what work looks like. Um, and as many have allowed employees to work remotely for the foreseeable future and maybe forever, this combined with the fact that most entertainment venues. Eateries and bars in the city have closed have given many residents, particularly tech employees and transplants, little reason to stay when more spacious, literally greener pastures beckon in in other parts of Cal Unicornia, for instance.
1: Right. And, And, you know, as you've mentioned, if you leave out of that, the fact that people were up to here with homeless people
0: everywhere already. Nope, not a word on that. Not a word on bums, junkies. Crime, human poo on the streets. Yeah. All right, sir. Not a single word in this article about why people are leaving San Francisco. Remember,
1: long before this happened, a year ago, there was that poll that showed fifty percent of people were considering moving in the next year. Right, which is an unheard of number. As long, that's when the economy was booming. Oh yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. A lot of
1: it had to do with homelessness and everything else.
0: Well, yeah, that was pre-vid and pre. Google saying look go work from home as long as you want so uh, this has morphed as it often does into a story about journalistic dishonesty how can the Chironical write this article and ignore what they reported on a year ago that for some reason 50% of people who live in the bay area want to leave that's just astonishing i don't i don't how how, how can i still be astonished by that it's my childlike enthusiasm for life, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. You people. Andrew, you seem to be a pretty good writer. I mean, you string together a sentence just fine. I'll let that one was awfully cumbersome. You throw a period in there. Break it up a little. So these stories. Uh, you
1: ignore that. Come on, Andrew. So these stories that people have been hearing for years about the Bay Area, California, where my parents bought this house back in the 80s for $60,000. Now it's worth Two point three million dollars. Right. Well, it's going to go back to be working worth ninety thousand dollars.
0: <laughs> well, you made ten grand on the deal. You probably <laughs> probably should have sold a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh gee, I just love the idea that you've got a party where uh, you know you and your sweetheart are, are standing around saying, oh, "This sucks. This is terrible. I know, but I work with them. I've got to stay." And just everybody's talking about, "I hate this. I hate this." <laughs> It's supposed and to be then, a bad party. And then that last thing happens, and you say, all right, that's it, we're out of here. And everybody acts like the whole reason people leave is that very last yeah. straw that fractured the camel's vertebrae. <clears throat> oh, poor camel.
1: So we got America's Greatest Inventor, which is kind of a funny story. I would like to throw this out. How's the school year going, if school has started for you, wherever you are in America? We've uh, gotten uh, several emails, mailbag at armstrongandgiddy.com. I do want to hear that. The text line is four one five two nine five kftc Probably a long way from herd immunity. If you look at the seroprevalence studies overall, maybe 8% of the population as a whole has been exposed to this. In outbreak states like Arizona, it might be higher, closer to 25% based on some modeling, maybe as high as 20% in Florida based on certain modeling, and 15% in Texas. We know the seroprevalence in New York City is 20%. So that's getting closer to a level of immunity where the rate of transmission will start to decline. It's not quite herd immunity, but you're going to see declines in the rate of transmission because of that that level of infection.
2: Coronavirus!
1: Yeah, thank you there. Um, Mrs. B. Uh, so that was Dr. Gottlieb, who uh, uh, says we're a long way from herd immunity on Face the Nation yesterday. That means we got to get that vaccine going, right?
0: I, I want to play the other tape of him in a bit, um, we're talking about whether you get immunity, how long it lasts, resistance, T-cells, the rest of it. It's it's interesting on its own and there are different scientists saying different things, which uh, does not please me. But uh, more on that to come. Yeah.
1: I was talking to a friend yesterday who, who also, like me, doesn't know anybody who's had it. And it's just the mathematics of are very weird. I suppose if you did the math, it could make sense. But you'd think something that's this big a story and everything like that, you'd. You wouldn't, yeah, you would not Yeah. I wouldn't know this many people who also don't know anybody who has, it, who has had it.
0: Right. I don't personally know anybody who's tested positive. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a handful but just it's a small handful.
1: Um got this guy who uh has made 100 plus pointless inventions, but thanks to the internet it's kind of working for him. He started being an inventor when he was 14. My youngest son wants to be an inventor so. Me too.
2: You
0: know, you know, you know what, what I figured out? I'm not inventive. <laughs> it's the yeah. ideas that really were the stumbling block. Uh, yeah, 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 the lack of them specifically. <laughs> He'd been writing down...
1: Uh, on... I, would,
0: I would ever tell you, I, I once, uh, during the... This, I was a little kid. This is during the of oil crisis. I invented a car that ran on uh, air, compressed air. Mm. And the friend of my mom said, uh, what power are you going to use to compress the air? I said, I don't know. And I gave up. <laughs> that was the end of it. That was it.
1: So this guy used to uh, jot down notes on things, and he said, I come up with all these ideas that serve no purpose whatsoever, and they were dumb, and I never dared to make them, but then I figured, "Ah, why don't I just try one? So he started off with a pair of chopsticks that snap onto the bottom of your Apple AirPods. (laughs) So you can take your chopsticks and snap. Yeah, exactly. You don't need that. Uh, What? But he posted it, and it got 54,000, you know, likes or whatever on social media. But anyway, so he kind of took off and he started doing more of this, and now he's got uh, a successful YouTube account, Instagram website. He's got seven <laughs> new inventions he comes up with every week. His uh, typical invention costs between five to 20 bucks. So the, these things are not intended to be made for scale or sale. He has a 3D printer, and he says, hey, you know what's weird? chopsticks that attach to your ear pods (laughs) and he puts out a picture of them like in a promotional photo thing and that's kind of his that's his gig now he he just kind of does that and he's got like some sponsorship deals or whatever I like this one the fur roller it's a device that covers your clothes with fake animal hair so you can pose as a dog owner
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's a lint roller in in
1: reverse (laughs) exactly what uh
0: You can pause, pose as a. All right.
1: The sobbing spectacles—a pair of glasses with built-in sponges to collect tears. Finger beanies—they're opposite of those gloves with the uh, the holes cut out right. for your fingers. It's right. just a little mini beanies that cover just your fingertips. Well,
0: it's your fingertips that get cold. I love that finger beanies. Mm. Now you got my attention.
1: The century charge—it's a 100-foot iPhone cable. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, seems unnecessary the cuisine curtain a cloth that attaches to your nose and covers your mouth allowing you to eat in privacy
0: (laughs) (laughs) wow we, we really need this guy during these troubles
1: stub stoppers a pair of mini hard hats that protect your toes I'm stubbing your
0: toes. Uh, yeah, from the f- same folks who brought us the finger beaners. <laughs> the, Obviously, the, that was kind of an off day. there.
1: The kazoo, a vape pen that, d- that doubles as a kazoo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, because vaping isn't douchey enough. You want to honk on the kazoo. <laughs> chip extractor, a suction
1: device that retrieves the last chip from a Pringles can. That one can be difficult to guess unless you like
0: tip the can up. And then you got the, fra- the uh, fragments coming out. It's a mess it's terrible <laughs> unless you have an actual dog then he takes care of it no problem has got a belt buckle that doubles as a bubble wrap popper there you go <laughs> you got a lot of bubble wrap
1: because of the darn amazon <laughs> that's kind of funny and you're too lazy to
0: pop it yourself <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh. armstrong and getty
0: show so obviously there may be disagreements a lot of my supporters are not enthusiastic about joe biden you know why i ran against joe biden well i thought the bernard sanders
1: i thought we no okay i thought never mind um so that's bernie sanders yesterday who was on um one of your shows and you know what's unique about that He was the only person on there representing the Biden-Kamala Harris campaign because Joe Biden has still not done a Sunday show, (laughs) and he didn't send out Kamala Harris to any of the shows. And what a unique situation it is that they've decided, and I think they're right, just hunker down. Just make it through this last 70-some days
0: without giving anybody a reason not to vote for us. Just make it about Trump. I don't I guess. I don't think you're wrong, but I think you might be wrong. You even had who's the eunuch on CNN? <laughs> Brian Stettler. He's not a eunuch.
1: He resembles a character from Game of Thrones who was a eunuch. I believe that is the origin and, of the name And a eunuch is someone so, who's had their testicles cut off. Correct. Okay. That's right. So, uh, let's I mean, to
0: be fair. There were many eunuchs on Game of Thrones. <laughs> Clip 13. Is Why the, do
1: they cut their testicles off?
0: Um, so they won't uh, be a, a threat sexually. Do or, they do it themselves or someone else do it to you? It, it's it was a gig back in the day. You could become part of the palace uh, elite, uh, you would be a trusted servant and all, and you wouldn't want to, uh, pardon me, but uh, up the uh, king's daughters. So well, that was part of it. Uh, well,
1: that couldn't have been a pleasant process.
0: Eh, it's over before you know it, blink of an eye. Oh, jeez! Clip number thirteen is the uh, the eunuch on CNN.
1: Uh, You know, here's here's Trump, you know, calling into Fox News, giving an interview to Sinclair this week, holding briefings. Biden, on the other hand, is having very formal events, giving speeches. Uh, They're perfectly executed from a campaign point of view. But the press is asked to leave the room. We barely get to ask any questions of Biden these days. I understand it is savvy campaign strategy to keep him away from questioners. Uh, But John Harris. Don't they have to have a press conference? Aren't they going to just get pounded by both the Trump campaign and by reporters if they don't make the presidential candidate more accessible? Yeah, the first, not the second. That's the problem. Well, The Trump campaign will (laughs) pound them, but is the the mainstream media, as they should do their job, going to just hound Biden? They should be every day saying, well, we're at day 156 without a press conference or a Sunday appearance by... Joe Biden,
0: and this is that goes to the crux of my theory. Even a lap dog will only take so much before it snaps, and I believe the lap dog media at some point will find their their pride, find their uh, what a eunuch doesn't have, and and say, all right, listen, this this is just absurd. We we can't even ask the guy, what are you going to do about the COVID? I mean, this is, I guess we're journalists. I just remembered we're journalists. And the pressure will mount at exactly the wrong time for Biden. Just as voting begins, he and his people will say, oh, my God, even MSNBC is screaming for us now. we got to come out. we got to answer questions and all. And then Biden will fall on his face. Poor old fella. He's 35 years past his prime. Um, and just at exactly the wrong moment, he will be exposed as a uh, a man who has lost his faculties. That that could
1: happen. And the Democrat convention is going on this week. Whatever that means. That you know, uh, I, I, the only thing I'm interested in watching is Joe Biden on Thursday night, because as I said in the Washington Post yesterday, an unscripted Biden prepares for something he's never faced. The former vice president's speechwriters are attempting to craft something entirely new, a convention speech without built-in applause lines where any pause could look awkward or worse. Mm. That is true. Mm. It's going to be difficult. I mean, it would be difficult under for anyone, not just Joe Biden, for anybody, to give that speech and not have it come off as weird, and not have it come off like that response... To the State of the Union address is always so horrible. Yeah. You know, whoever's president speaks and you got the crowd and you got the rhythm and everything like that. Then you got to come on alone in a room and and give your it's going to be hard. And especially, I think, for him.
0: Well, this so-called convention only exists for one reason, which we'll get to in a moment or two. Also, our friend Deb Saunders with a great column on who Kamala Harris really is. Uh, I want to fit in. in, in She's um, a moderate, Joe. Uh, oh, oh boy! And an amusing clip from uh, George Snuffleupagus' show. All of that coming in moments after a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe, that have everything you need to protect your home with none of the drawbacks of traditional home security. Arsenal, uh, arse, not arsenal. <laughs> arsenal of sensors. <laughs> and so, boy, don't charge him for this one, Michael. <laughs> An arsenal of sensors and cameras to blanket every room, window and door tailored specifically for your home, but no long contracts, no messy install. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, so with a lot
1: of uh, security systems, you get locked into a long contract, and then you decide, well, I don't really like this, or there's a new one I want to try, or whatever. Now it's simply say if You're not locked in. It's about $15 a month, and it's the best overall home security of 2020. According to U.S. News and World Report, you install it yourself, so nobody's coming to your house. It takes about an hour to set it up, and with the uh, uh, the sixty day risk free trial, there's really no way you can lose trying out of this. It's
0: better and less expensive. Go to simplysafe.com/Armstrong. Free shipping, sixty day risk free trials. Jack said, simplysafe.com/Armstrong. So let's let's begin with the George Snuffleupagus uh, clip there, because do you remember? Um, Was it a week ago that uh, Tucker Carlson was holding forth on Kamala Harris and was accused of being racist for mispronouncing her name? Uh 51, please.
1: Kamala Harris endorsed Medicare for All during the primaries. Do you believe she's an ally in this fight for Medicare for All?
0: Well, I believe that Kamala is, as somebody who has known her for a number of years, incredibly right, smart. so that's enough. Incredibly. Can- not, not only so we gotta- does he say Kamala, but because he's a Northeasterner, he says Kamler. <laughs> yeah, put it to an end.
1: Biden said Kamala. Bernie said Kamala. Lots of people regularly say Kamala. So stop that conversation, all yeah,
0: right? Yeah, just unspeakably idiotic. So back in the day... And if you want to read about this, H.L. Mencken wrote great, wonderful, funny, witty coverage of the political conventions. He covered political conventions from, I'm guessing now, like the 19 teens. Through the very early 40s. God, I'll bet back away. in the
1: day, they were the greatest show on earth. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't imagine how entertaining that would have
0: been. If you're into politics on any level, I, I can recommend a book, and we'll post this at the website. It's The Impossible H.L. Mencken. It's a collection of his newspaper columns, mostly. Um, and it, it covers uh, the convention stuff, the Scopes Monkey Trial. Um, just a huge variety of stuff. And he's one of the most brilliant journalists ever to stride America. But anyway, he talks about these conventions and what a zoo they were. They were all the party movers and shakers from around the country who would gather together in, usually it was like a stadium in a, or a convention hall in a city. Usually sweltering hot because it happens in the summer. And, and so everybody would be there in their three-piece suits with just sweat pouring off of them and each candidate would have campaign songs and stuff and sometimes their advocates were would try to get the song going and it would peter out (laughs) and it was humiliating (laughs) and sometimes they'd hire a band to march through the hall playing the song and and people would cheer and And i'm
1: sure everybody was boozed up
0: oh there's a fair amount of boozing yeah yeah. um but then uh, you know people would come up and, and make a speech and if they could capture the hall Especially as hot as it was. That really meant something. And if they could really get a whoop going for Jones instead of, you know, Smith, uh, that was really notable. And the politics watchers would, would say, wow, wow, Jones has real momentum here because that's where the candidates were chosen. And it was super dynamic. And there's all sorts of horse trading. And, and the guy from Iowa would go to the guy from New York and say, listen, we can deliver votes, but we need this. And it was just crazy interesting. Well, after, especially 1968, the parties decided, nah. number one, we're going to have the, the primary system where all the peeps vote, and uh, and we don't want to have a, a, a dis, dissent in the convention. It just looks bad. And so since then, the conventions have been nothing but a PR show and meaningless wrangling over the meaningless platform. It's, Which has become more meaningless by the year. Yeah, so it's become, it's more like the podiatrist's convention. Than a political convention, you all get together and you have speeches and you think, wow, that person's really impressive. Like Barack Obama in 04. Uh he knocked everybody dead, and so people said, wow, that's a guy to watch. So it, you know, it's it's a get together and it's fine, um, but it is not what it was when it became a thing, as the kids say.
1: So then you and get, having attended the one, the Republican in Cleveland when uh, Trump was nominated, those early nights especially uh, like in you know, early evening, yeah. there's, there's hardly anybody there. And the people that are there are not paying any attention.
0: No, they're just drinking and hanging out with people who they only see every couple of years or whatever. Um, so anyway, that was the reality really for the last 40 years. Um, but now with the vid, you're not even getting together and drinking and listening to promising speakers or whatever. It's just... Just people at home talking into their laptops, but they're still calling it a convention, which is a joke.
1: Well, Rahm Emanuel said it's hard to call anything a convention when nobody is
0: convening. <laughs> well said. <laughs> and and what's really funny to me, and I think it's because of the whole resistance thing, but the, the news networks have been complaining for at least a decade that there's no news here. We're just your people. PR flax. We're just airing your speeches and your balloon drops and the rest of it. There's no news generated. This is bad. Nobody wants to watch it. So it's odd to me, but I think maybe, again, it's the resistance thing. The networks are all talking about airing all these speeches this week. And the virtual convention. Well, Rahm Emanuel said it better than anybody could have. Nobody's convened. So it's hard to understand what's going on. But as a fan of politics in general... I'm kind of curious to to hear some of the speeches. Although, you know, you can read them the next day if you want. Or just tune to the Armstrong and Getty Show for highlights. No, I, Would I listen to eight minutes worth of Bernie Sanders if I didn't have to? No. Uh,
1: well, Bernie made it pretty clear yesterday that, you know, uh, as as he said in that little clip we played, he said, you know, a lot of my people are not thrilled with Joe Biden. So, you know, he's not sugarcoating it much. And the San Francisco Chronicle headline is today progressives to send Biden a loud message. How Joe, Joe Biden will get a preview of what's in store for his potential presidency when the Democratic National Convention starts today with progressives uh pushing him from the left.
0: So what are they gonna email
1: him or what? <laughs> well, I guess just their ideas. They're not going to just give their speeches on their laptops uh talking about what a great guy Biden is and how uh, we all need to come together okay. it's this is what's important and this is what we want and and you know if he doesn't speak to that stuff there is there's you know the enthusiasm thing we were talking about earlier There just there just might be a real such a lack of enthusiasm that people just don't vote i don't think anybody's going to vote for trump instead of biden on that side but um they just might not vote at all
0: my gut is speaking to me and it's not just the pizza wolf down last night oh The campaign is about to get really, really strange. I just have a feeling. Yeah, well, Joe Biden's leading by 10. Trump remains unpopular. I think we are in for an absolute poo storm of craziness. Well, Chris Christie
1: was on ABC this week yesterday. I still think that he and Rahm Emanuel should have a radio show or a podcast or something because their punditry is so good. Mm. But Chris Christie said Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's best period is about to end. This week, I would agree completely. And it is going to go downhill, yeah. and he yeah. thinks fast. I don't know how fast or how far, but definitely the uh, the the high point. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if there's more push from mainstream media. Hey, you gotta do an interview at some point.
0: I like I said before. I think they will finally find their pride and demand it at some point and the closer to the election it is i think the worse it is for biden
1: if you're if you listen to us there's a chance you're a political junkie maybe you're not and you just put up with our talk so but there are a lot of people that haven't really paid any attention to this yet oh yeah didn't watch any of the debates don't have any idea who kamala harris is don't haven't seen joe biden since he was the vice president and barely saw him then mm-hmm. i mean it's all new for a ton of people out there right right
0: and we're off. The fabulous Deborah Saunders column on who Kamala Harris really is, I found quite informative. Uh, we'll get to that eventually. Don't uh, uh, politic you to death.
1: Still want to hear what your school experience has been so far uh, with school starting back up? Um, we've we've heard a couple. We'll pass those along to you. But 415-295-KFTC is our text line. How's it going? Is it better than last year? 415-295-KFTC.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show. As we there was a breakdown. hit the town. some
0: polls out today. Maybe we'll hit you with next hour. Um, yeah, we'll follow up on that Deborah Saunders thing about uh, Kamala Harris. There really isn't time now. I need a change of pace. A change of pace? Yeah. Um,
1: uh, I ask, uh, how's, how's the whole distant learning thing going, if you're doing that? I'm still kind of confused on why the East Coast is so much more hardcore. No, no, we're going to teach them in the school in Florida and New York, whereas the West Coast is, is it just the union's attitudes? Oh, I mean, a, to a large extent. Mayor de Blasio, Mayor de Blasio in New York saying to teachers, hey, look, you're a teacher. It's your job. You got to show up. That's what we pay you to do. Oh wow.
0: That that is not what right. you would hear in
1: California.
0: Yeah, the the East Coast and West Coast lefties have a fair amount in common, but a fair amount different too. A New Jersey Democrat is different than a Portland Democrat. You know what I mean? A little more uh business
1: So we got this text uh, among others. Um
0: Distance, not, not quite as dreamy as the West Coasters.
1: Distance learning so much better than spring. One week under our belt, about three hours of actual live instruction, plus breaks, lunch, organized, lots of accountability and mandatory attendance. Nice. I'm happy to hear that.
0: Well, that's a district that's getting it right. Yeah. You know, next door, they might be terrible at it. Our uh,
1: school is rescheduled due to power outages. Can this S get any more third world? Oh, <laughs> boy.
0: well said, friend. Oh, oh,
1: oh that is good. Um, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. You do sometimes think, am I living in the United States in this century?
0: Mystery diseases knocking people out, power outages.
1: Uh, online learning in my district has been a cluster F the first three days. Today is day four. All classes are canceled because we have no power. Oh, this is uh, the rolling blackouts on the West Coast. So.
0: Yeah. Well, it never gets hot in August, so. <laughs> yeah, you can't wait. It's surprising. Got this note from Marie in North Carolina right now. Bringing my granddaughter back from a summer visit. Today's her first day of school. Ready to go back two days of school, then three days at home. The school buses are running. It's a little bit of normalcy. I'll be back in Cal Unicornia tonight. Back to the lunacy. So yeah, there you go. The two coast thing.
1: So uh, my kid's school last year, and and I've said many times, I give up. I give people a pass for. Not being able to, uh, you know, do a great job on that on the fly. Whoever thought we were going to have to do this sort of thing. Shouldn't have taken so long, but regardless. um, But there weren't that many hours of actual schooling. This year, they're trying to have more of like a regular kind of day. Mm-hmm. Boy, are you going to be able to keep people staring at the computer screen all day long?
0: So your district or your school has no in-person stuff, right? Correct. Because of Well, uh, it's not allowed. They Gavin want to. But it's not, yeah,
1: it's not allowed by the state.
0: Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Can well, you
1: can you get, can you make a get a kid to uh pay attention to a computer screen all day long?
0: Only if there's a video game playing on it. Right. Yeah, no way. As I've said before, to to keep kids engaged in learning is a wonderful talent that good teachers have. In person, it's difficult. Over a screen, it's a it's a at least a fifty percent different uh, talent set that you have to have. I mean, you've got to be a TV performer and and understand that art form.
1: Um, anyway, like you suggest, puppets or sock puppets.
0: I always suggest puppets. Puppets enhance <laughs> any gathering. <laughs> Do I have time for this? Barely. Uh, sports note dissension is racking the Cleveland Indians as two of not only their best pitchers, but two of the best pitchers in the major leagues. They're on a road trip in Chicago, and because Chicago is a great city, these two fellows, Mike Clevenger and Zach Plezak, they go out on the town and try to sneak into the hotel in the wee, wee hours, get busted, angry team meeting, guys yelling at them. <clears throat> they were essentially sent down to the minors, even though they're two of the best pitchers in the major really? leagues. Really? One player said if those guys get back on the roster I'm opting out of the rest of the season and it's all because of the covid I assume. Yeah, oh yeah, it's all covid related. Um the guy who is said to uh, Francisco Lindor four time all-star, said to be the heart of the team was outspoken as well, chewing them out and guys they- and everything but one guy tried to rationalize it on Instagram and got everybody mad again. Well, so
1: even the young healthies are not cool with their teammates running around and exposing themselves to COVID.
0: Right, yeah. Well, one of the, one of the teammates had gotten treated for leukemia last year, so he was really unhappy.
1: Hmm.